A Lost Sheep, A Shepherd, and a Parable. Grab your Bible and let's talk. Welcome to the Bible Glitter and Glue podcast, where Bible study and thought-provoking conversation lead to creative teaching. Now, here are your hosts, David and Mary Nelson. It's good that you've joined us today. David, we're going to be talking about something that I used to hear when I was a little girl, because my name's Mary. People would say, oh, Mary had a little lamb and didn't like that very much when I was a child. But here we are in this scripture today, and we're talking about what Jesus says about a lost lamb or a lost sheep. Yes, that's right. We're going to be talking about a parable of Jesus from Matthew chapter 18, verses 10 through 14. But before we read the parable, I think we need to give context first. At the beginning of the chapter, Jesus is having a conversation with his disciples because they come to him with the question, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Now, when they're thinking greatness is in terms of one's status and honor and wealth, and children were at the bottom end of that. Jesus is going to overturn that idea. He's going to confront his disciples. He's going to challenge them to rethink what greatness is. And so he takes a child and puts it in the middle of them and said, this is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. You must become like a little child. So it's not really that it's about children, is it? It's just that they understood that children had no status. Children were not that important. So here we are. Be like a little child. That's confronting. And that would have been very confronting. Jesus is telling them, you need to be humble like a child. You need to put yourself on the same level as the child. In fact, he goes on to talk about how we should not let a child stumble. We shouldn't do something that causes these little ones to stumble. So this is important stuff he's talking about. It's very important. But when we start in Matthew chapter 18, verses 10 through 14, this is a parable about a lost sheep. It's interesting in the whole context of children, a child. It's easy to understand a child being lost. So I think we should read this parable. Right, okay. Starting in verse 10 and reading down through verse 14. Be careful. Don't think these little children are worth nothing. I tell you that they have angels in heaven who are always with my Father in heaven. If a man has 100 sheep, but one of the sheep gets lost, he will leave the other 99 sheep on a hill. He will go to look for the lost sheep, and if he finds it, he is happier about that one sheep than about the 99 who were never lost. I tell you the truth in the same way. Your Father in heaven does not want any of these little children to be lost. It's so easy to picture this, and I think that's why Jesus used this parable, because people would have been familiar with sheep and flocks of sheep. They they would have understood a shepherd cares for sheep. 
So this idea of a shepherd watching over the sheep and and one becoming lost, they could immediately understand how that would feel. I think sometimes in today's world, in New Zealand anyway, we have huge flocks of sheep, thousands of sheep on some of the sheep stations. And it's kind of hard to think of that in the same way, because here's this personal situation A shepherd and a few sheep, he knows everyone by name. They're all important. And being lost is a big deal, being away from the shepherd, being in danger. So all of this is easy to understand. And here he relates it to taking care of the little children. He talks about someone straying away and how the shepherd really cares about that. Just earlier... In a few verses before, he was talking about don't do anything to cause one of these little children to leave, to stop following Jesus. And why? Well, because Jesus says in verse 10, don't think these little children are worth nothing because they're worth everything to God. They're priceless. They're precious. They matter to God. And so in terms of greatness, the least are as important as, quote, the greatest. It almost seems to me like at the beginning, David, when he talks about how this looks from heaven, he talks about the angels. Not exactly sure what that means, but he says, the children have angels in heaven who are always with my father in heaven. It's sort of like, I don't know, I almost imagine from heaven, angels, God looking down at these children. They are important. They're just as important as anyone else. Children are not more or less valuable than anyone else. I think that's a good point. And I'm like you. I'm not for sure exactly what the latter part of verse 10 is getting at. But it seems to me that children have advocates in heaven. They have representatives in heaven. They matter. Not just the quote, important people that matter, but even the least of these matter to God as well. It's funny, David, when I read this, I think of my father, because he talked about when he was a little boy, his mother used to say, oh, yeah, you have a guardian angel, and your angel is so busy watching after you, (laughs) always making sure you're out of trouble. Your angel's really busy. So I'm not sure how all of that works, but... God cares about each person, even the smallest child. They matter so much that he will go looking for the one that goes astray. God doesn't think, well, I still have 99. No, in that moment, the one straying sheep become more important than the 99. And the shepherd will focus all of his attention and all of his resources to find this one lost sheep. And it says that he will leave the other 99 sheep on the hill. And so it's not like the other 99 are left in the pen in the place of safety. They're out in the open. And he will leave the 99 on the hill to go search for the one. And so that just tells us how important that one is to God. The least is just as important as the 99. It's sort of like, you know, we had three children And if one was missing, we would never have just said, well, we have two left. Of course we would look. And in that moment, 
the one that is missing is the most important. We would search and we would be so happy when we found the lost child. Not that we didn't love all of our children, but in that moment, finding that child is the most important thing. So it says when he finds it, he is happier about that one sheep than about the 99 that were never lost. So he still loves the 99. But in this moment, in this situation, this makes him happier because he doesn't want to lose not even one, not even the least. That's such an important lesson. The whole thought that every person is valuable and it's not just a numbers game. It's not just we have most of them. It's okay. And and in this passage, talking about the relationships that we have with one another, I think he's trying to say, go after the lost ones. Think about those that are undervalued. Don't just think all the important ones are the not so important ones and the not so important ones can be lost. Don't look at people that way. Value all people. That's right, because these little ones are worth all the fuss over. They're priceless. You are priceless to God. The children are priceless to God. I believe Matthew 18 is referring to relationships in the church and how we see one another in the church and treat one another in the church. We must not value people according to how they look or how much money they make or their leadership position or their involvement in the church or their age. All are of equal value and equal worth. And the most vulnerable are just as precious as the leader in the church. Even though the chapter begins with Jesus talking about a literal child, he moves on to use that as a metaphor for sort of the least person, the most vulnerable person in the church. But I think it would include children, because children sometimes are overlooked in the church. My guess is, if you're listening to this podcast, you already see the value of children. Children matter a lot to you. Sometimes children are because they're vulnerable, they're young, they're overlooked, not because there's an intention of overlooking children, but just because they're small, it's easy to sort of miss them. But the most vulnerable are just as precious as the leader in the church. I think that it's really important to think about the shepherd in this parable, because there's so many times in the Bible where we learn about God as the shepherd and how he cares about us. I'm even just thinking about Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. That easily comes to mind. But Psalm 100 verse 3 says, know that the Lord is God. He made us and we belong to him. We are his people, the sheep he tends. He cares about us like a shepherd cares about sheep. Even when we talk about the church and leaders in the church, it's interesting that God has chosen that metaphor again to talk about leading and guiding the church. Elders are shepherds of the church. They're in the church to help and and guide the sheep. And um, there's a chief shepherd uh, in First Peter chapter five, verse one through four. Peter talks about being a shepherd. He is a shepherd. He is a leader later on in the church. And 
he talks about caring for the sheep and that he answers to the chief shepherd. So this whole idea of this caring relationship between a shepherd and a sheep, between the leaders of a church and the people in the church, it all relates to really genuine care and concern for each person. And that's a good reminder to me, to us who serve as leaders in the church, we're to shepherd not just the ones that get our attention, but everyone, even the least. Mary, just thinking about this and little children, you have taught me how valuable children are because you are an advocate for children. I mean, this website, Mission Bible Class, is a testimony to that. I remember you talking about that sometimes churches engage in programs to reach adults but use children to do that. But you see that children are value in and of themselves. So you've taught me a lot about how important children are as children. They have a lot to teach us. They should be treated just like any other person in the church. And I suppose if we look at ourselves in a congregation about how a congregation values each member, and particularly its children, just look at how the church uses its resources. Are its resources used also for children? Uh, How much attention is paid to the children of the congregation? Does the church pay attention to its children? How are they included in the life of the church? These are ways that the congregation can look at itself to see how much they actually value children. You're singing my song, David. (laughs) Thank you for saying that. Yes, children are so valuable. When I'm teaching this parable to children, I want them to understand how much God loves them and cares for them and that they're important. But even the smallest child knows that they're bigger than another child. So when I teach this parable, you know what? Children talk about those other children, those ones that are littler than them. If I'm teaching four-year-olds, they're talking about the babies and how they're important. If I'm teaching 10-year-olds, they're talking about, oh, yeah, the five-year-olds. They can't read yet. They need my help. So this idea of relating to those who are vulnerable and younger than us, that even goes down into the children's classes. Some of the ways I would teach this parable, oh, just Talking about sheep and shepherds, just that's such an interesting topic to children. But this idea of sheep being lost, that's fun. <laughs> you know, to think about finding the lost sheep. This is the time to hide something in the room and find it, hide a picture of a sheep. It's funny, I discovered quite a few years ago that a bag of cotton wool or cotton balls usually comes in packs of 100. So, What a fun way. Take one of those bags, take one sheep out and hide it Hmm. and put all the rest on the floor. And the kids love that. Where's that other sheep? And they immediately want to count to see how many sheep are there. That takes a while. But that's fun. You can do so many crafts with sheep. Drawing sheep is fun. When you're little, you can't draw things as well. So drawing a star or a 
something like that. Even an X is important. So drawing a sheep is fun. You can just draw a little cloud shape and then put stick legs on it and a circle or oval for the sheep's head. Put a smiley face on it. Even little children can do that. So that's a fun thing to do, taking a piece of paper and just filling it with a flock of sheep, doing it as a group activity. That sounds fun. Another fun one is to have one child play the part of the shepherd and blindfold that child or even just have them turn their back to the rest of the class. And one at a time, the children take turns bleating or saying, bah, and that shepherd has to guess what child that is. Does he know his sheep? And the kids think that's a lot of fun. They'll try to disguise their voice to trick the shepherd. That's a fun game to play. I consider having fun in Bible class one of my favorite parts because this shepherd was happy when he found this sheep. There was happiness in this story. There was the drama of the sheep being lost, but there was the happiness of finding him. So I want to have that in my Bible class. But David, I'm not imagining that you're going to be baying and doing cotton balls in the room. What are you going to do in the adult class? Well, that's actually something to think about. It could be helpful in the adult class, too. But anyway, I have two things that I want to share about helping the class to understand and relate to and apply this parable. Number one is that for the class to adopt a children's class in the church, or if the church is small enough, all the children, and then write notes of blessing and encouragement to each of them. And in addition to this, plan a get-together with the class of children. So you can eat together and maybe play games together. Just spend some time at this event to let the children know that you love them and that they matter to you and to God. And then a second thing is to draw up a list of people who have left the congregation over the last year or two. Not those that have moved away out of the town or city or those who have gone to another congregation, but to those who are no longer part of any Christian fellowship. And then pray for these people by name. And then as a class, discuss ways that you can encourage them to make connection with them again, to reach out to them, and then do it. And this will take some sensitivity on your part since every one situation would be different. So those are two ideas about how to apply this parable. As you're saying that, David, I'm being a bit sad here, assuming that people will leave the flock. And it's a sad thing to me that we would kind of think in the last year or two who has left. That's a sad state of affairs. It's something we always have to be on guard of and not just wait until somebody leaves, but be caring and spend time with people and just be gentle with people as they walk this Christian walk, because it's not easy. It is not easy. We can be better at preventing people from leaving, and so we need to think of ways of how to encourage and value people and let them know they're of value to God and to you. And just Watch after them. Uh, Notice when someone starts off on another direction. That's the time to hug somebody, to say, I care for you. I'm concerned for you. And just make sure no one strays. 
This parable strikes at the heart of all of us. We want to be cared for. We want the shepherd to know us. We want to be with other Christians who also love God, who love us and love each other. That community is so important. So this parable is for me, David. I need to know that. And this parable is for me, too, because not only does it tell me that I am worth everything to God, it also tells me that the other is worth everything to God, too, and the other should be worth everything to me, and I should treat them as such. I hope that you're able to take these truths and know them and feel them in your heart, but also share them with the little ones that you teach. And so may God bless you as you teach those little ones and as you teach the adults who, before God, are also little ones. Thank you for listening to the Bible Glitter and Glue podcast. Subscribe now to listen to new weekly episodes and visit missionbibleclass.org for more free resources to help you share God's Word with children.